Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's up, everybody? It's Joe Labuma. You are listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast. I'm here with my guys, Matt Welty. How's everyone doing? And Brendan Dunn rubbing his eye. That good, en- that good energy. I could, already, I could already tell your energy level is up. Joe, is this a safe space? Yes. I took a nap during work today. I took like okay. a little a little five-minute nap in between meetings. That's good. It, it, only a three-day work week, but you're still taking naps during a three-day <laughs> work week. So, okay. That's good. I feel good. like I earned this three-day work week. It's my birthday at the end of the week. Wow. I guess the day that this comes out, I will be hopefully secluded in the woods somewhere celebrating with my loved ones. Okay. And is it going to be a joint July 4th birthday celebration? Is it only going to be about your birthday? What are we looking at? You know, I always had to share my birthday with July 4th growing up, which was upsetting to me as a child. So You wore the Old Navy flag t-shirt with the year on it? <laughs> Faded glory. Yeah, no. It's like every year Old Navy does the t-shirt yeah, with yeah. the flag. 2007, is that what you wore the birthday fit or what? I don't think I ever had any of those. But okay. Speaking of Old Navy, though. Gap. Gap. Kanye. Wow. <laughs> we, were, we were both trying yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. Gap? Big deal from Kanye. 10 years. It seems like Gap has been struggling a bit, and this is a big leap to give Kanye a 10-year deal, five years up to negotiate or renew after five years, I should say. And he seems focused. We saw the store last night that he did kind of an overlay, and this is a big full circle moment for Kanye, who used to shop at the Gap. He used to work at the Gap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And how do we feel? I mean, it's pretty exciting, I think. I'll tell you that not that even that Gap is something that any of us are like checking for, but I think Kanye doing something with Gap is like way cooler than Kanye like doing the Pac Sun stuff like back in the day, you know? Definitely. Did he do Pac Sun stuff? Yeah, all the all the Yeezus merch, oh, the merch. Was like, like, merch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had like Ben Trill at Pac Sun at the same time. It was right. like, you, you know, know what I'm like really excited about? Flips on the Gap logo. I remember earlier on Complex, I would wear Gap hoodies. Literally, it was like a gray hoodie with like red GAP block lettering. And I remember like being maybe two years into my career, and I remember like someone saying like, "Oh, who collabed on that?" And it was like, no collab. This is is just the inline. So there's something to say, like Kanye flipping basics for Gap. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I think it could be cool. Iconic brands as a whole, like if you get a chance to collaborate with them, I think that you can bring a lot out of it. Even though the brand may not be cool, I feel like there's like endless amount of things that you can do. And I think that the one thing that we've all kind of, you know, agreed on with Kanye is that his problem with clothing has always been having the 
distribution channels and not having the way to like the manufacturing and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's like if he can work with a semi fast fashion retailer, I think that he's actually going to be able to achieve a lot of his goals through it. It was reported that the Gap stock added $700 million in market cap after the announcement on Friday, and they're forecasting it will bring in $1 billion in revenue in time. doesn't specify exactly how much, but this is from a Forbes article. I'm just mad complex financial advisor Rick Jackson didn't have me get in on the Gap the, the a couple months back. The go Rick Jackson. <laughs> didn't you meet with him last week? We spoke last week about permanent life insurance, which sounds a bit like a scam, but I'm going to hear him out. And no mention of the Gap. Wow, he didn't tip you off. I'm upset. It sounds like Gap is going to do maybe for Kanye's apparel what Adidas did for his shoes, and I think that makes sense from a relationship standpoint. I'm a little disappointed because it looked to me like Kanye was trying to build this infrastructure himself to where he didn't need a partner to do this and to where everything was through his own company. I don't understand really the level to which that is impossible to do, so I'm not holding it against him, but I still thought that maybe that was his ultimate goal. This could yield that, though, eventually. He's like stacking wealth right now, and he is stacking resources. And if he keeps doing this, he, I think, could get to that point. This isn't like a collab on five hoodies and five t-shirts, like a 10-year deal with, it seems, royalties. I think it was reported like this is something where he may be able to get to that point after he goes through or in the process of going Mm -hmm. through these major deals. Like, Think about having substantial deals with Adidas, how that has been so successful and then the gap now i just think that like when you talk about those things just wealth itself isn't enough to just grant yourself this huge infrastructure and you know supply chain and having of course all these fact i mean i don't know he wants to do like made in usa but like having all these factories and distribution points and in all of that and even though yeezy is like a growing company i don't think it's at the level of like, you know, an H&M or that level where if that's his real goal, he's better off partnering with someone who already has all that laid out. Absolutely. He's going to go right at H&M and like Zara, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Remember Kanye wearing the, what was it, the H&M Versace jacket back yep. in the day? The, it was the Victoria's <laughs> Secret fashion show, actually. And he wore those with the Easy Twos. I mm-hmm. think I had a promo-only item from that collection. I didn't have any of the Versace H&M stuff, but I had a little lanyard or something that I sold on eBay for like 50 bucks. Definitely tried to see if I could get that back in the day, yeah. And you couldn't get it? Uh, Where I, was the juice? I don't know. I, 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 I didn't have it, but I remember like if you went to a party in New York City yes. during that you time, saw you, saw, you saw multiple people wearing that jacket. Can we talk about the juice for a second? Because I was worried, guys. No, hold on. Is this? I was worried. Do, do we know where we're going with this? Did you, two you, out of three people? Did two out of three people on this call get a package this weekend? Is that what oh, we're talking? I was what, upset. We got to talk about this. Hashtag the list, as Joe said. I said the list. Hold on, though. Saturday, UPS guy pulls up. I'm also waiting on another package from Benjamin Kicks. But Saturday, UPS comes. Mm-hmm. And a box shows up, open the box, it's Kith, that familiar box that I've been used to throughout the years. <laughs> <laughs> and I open it up, it's the Air Force Ones, the, of course. the, the white and reds, the white, the and red, white and red Tokyos to commemorate the store opening in Tokyo that he announced today. 
for the Olympics. For the Olympics, that yeah, and we talked about it on the podcast. If you haven't listened to it, go back a few episodes and listen to that. And then Matt Welty hits the group chat, and he shows a picture of them, and Matt Welty is on the list. And then, hold on, the guy who Ronnie was like, How'd you know that? How'd you know that? A stellar performance on the podcast. This guy, a Nardwar type performance from Brendan Dunn on the Ronnie Feig podcast did not yield him getting on the list. <laughs> him getting on the list. Listen, they have to be on their way. Not that I'm going to ask, but they have to be it's, on the way. It's been stressful. I mean, he'll probably listen to this and hear it, right? Yeah. It's been stressful because he did text me and he was like, graciously, he'd asked for wealthy size, for my size, for a mailing address, and I said, really appreciate it. Okay. I actually felt guilty because Ronnie was asking the day after his birthday. And, you know, it was yep. a very nice gesture, something so I appreciate. So they're coming. I've been a fan of his work for a long time. I'm happy to say that in a public forum. Appreciate him reaching out, et cetera, et cetera. But these last 48 hours... Yeah, I mean, I, dude. Wealthy had the sneakers. Joe had this. I was every male person that walked by. I was, I was running outside and I was <laughs> looking up at the stoop trying to see if they dropped it on a different... I almost... No joke. This is how petty I am. I almost went next door to see if maybe they got dropped at the neighbor <laughs> and everybody on IG was posting. They got the pairs. Listen, listen, let me tell you something. This is a true story. 10 minutes before this call, we're in another meeting. We're on zoom. Mm-hmm. I hear somebody drop a box downstairs outside my door. I ran downstairs. The Fresh UP- direct. The UPS, <laughs> the UPS guy had flung open my gate and knocked some door over, but on the ground there was the package. From Kiff. You got him. I have joined the club. Thank you, Ronnie. Wow. The Air Force Ones have been secured. They're right behind me here. Just in the nick of time. Wait, 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 wait. He buried the lead. He buried the lead. You, you made this he, big yes. hole to do about That is good. About no, but that's why, no. that's why he is who he is because we got the story out. That's good storytelling done. To be honest, I think you should have held on to that nugget because you would have built up a little bit of more suspense for people mm-hmm. to tune in next week to find out on the next episode of the Complex Seeker mm, podcast right. did Brendan Dunn get his Air Force Ones. So if you want to cut if you want to cut that out in post, we can no, lead no, up no, to no. it. No, no, no. Because I, like I want to make sure Ronnie knows I appreciate it. Yes. And that I got him. And that I'm just thankful. Now I'm influential on the level of you two guys. Look at the list. And neither of you guys better resell them because I'm watching. Remember, he told us on the podcast that he has ways of knowing if people resell the sneakers. I'm not I've going I've literally there. been asked by one person four different times already to sell them the really? shoes. And I've, and I've said no every single time. Good. Wealthy, I'm proud of you because don't, don't. What else we got? Full size run, Brendan Schaub. Good guy. That was fun. We have Nate Robinson on this week, too. I know that um, he canceled that first, but how did it go Saturday? You didn't tell me. Nate Robinson was a good time. It was a little bit of work to make it happen, yeah. but he showed up. We had to, Yeah, we had to shoot on a Saturday, working on the weekends as usual. We got a closet coming out with uh, a friend of the show. And you will have out at this time something that Brendan Dunn called uh, delightfully uh, surprising. Pat Perez. Yes, Pat Perez. Uh, we're going Tree back. of an episode. Never heard of the guy before. No offense. No shots, but I enjoyed it. Good collection. Good guy. Good personality. Crazy Jordan collection. So I just want a haircut. I think I'm going to have my brother cut it tonight. I'm going to, I think, my mom's salon. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. What other like amenities are you going to get done at the salon, Joe? I don't know. We'll see. Full wax? Oh, boy. <laughs> I think we should start. 
Our guest on today's podcast got his start in footwear working at the famed Atlanta-based sneaker boutique Wish. He would parlay that experience into a job at Jordan Brand where he helped with the execution of projects like the Nigel Sylvester Air Jordan 1s, Alayla Mays collabs, the Collect Jordan 1s, Travis Scott 4s, and models like the Top 3 and Reverse Shattered Backboard 2.0. He since moved on from Jordan and has continued his run of stellar collabs like the Tie-Dye Nice Kicks Ultra Boost in 2019, and this week he's set to release a Reebok question that pays homage to Allen Iverson's love for fishing. Please welcome to the show, Frank Cook. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? Thanks for joining. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. Wealthy, I'm digging this uh this quarantine look, fam. Oh yeah, I got the I got like the yeah. The Wario. You got the yeah. Dr. Wario. <laughs> wow. I like wow. it, man. I love it, man. I love it. Frank, where are you at right now? Man, I'm in Portland, Oregon, man. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, let's chill out here. I'm peeping. What is it? Who makes that? Necklace? Japan only? Yeah, yeah. Shouts out to jury man with the jewelry. <laughs> yeah, I wanted yeah. to get the JLP, but I haven't gone to Japan. Gotta make the trip out. I know it's a beautiful trip out there for sure. I was just looking; they got the COVID cases looking real low on the curve right now. It might be the time. You gonna go for the necklace, on? Maybe. Imagine. <laughs> you might see me in the Goros line. Oh, <laughs> that's like VIP only, right? It's <laughs> very expensive. When we were there for Cuddy and Nigo, I was looking at Goros and I was like. They're mad expensive. They got the red ones, and you oh, you can't just buy one. You have to like get the set, and it's mad expensive. So I was like, nah. That JLP money can't handle it? That sneaker shopping check? Not that trip. So, Frank, your early start, I know that there was a foot action stint, but really wish the Atlanta-based sneaker boutique is where you um, cut your teeth in sneaker retail. What were those days like? Oh, man, it was just wonderful, man, just having that staff and having – you know, streetwear and street culture be so new, you know, 2006, 2007, uh, starting out my career, you know, that subculture of having, you know, it's just free. It's just something different that the world hasn't seen, man. And um, it was just a great time, man. All the ideas are fresh, all they're new. And you start to see all these different collaborations come out. And, you know, that was like a new thing then. So, you know, it was true collaboration where, where something or some company needed another company to actually come together. Those were special times, man, and I miss them so much, but getting my career started there as a buyer and building relationships and starting to know all these different retailers. And we all support each other from James to Dion to Derek to Joe from one. It's like everybody, you know, so it's, it's like all of our network. We built all of this together. How did you get the job there? Did you have to convince somebody working there that you were worthy? No. So actually what happened was I started working there my junior or senior year in college and I was a sales associate and I actually was interning that summer. I interned at Nike. So I had it all in my head, like, yo, I'm going to graduate college and then I'm going to go to Nike. And this is the summer where, you know, the recession hit. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yeah, man, this is going to be dope. I'm going to go out there and do it. And it was not happening for me. (laughs) I worked at the Levi's store here, folding denim, And then uh, I got a call from Pam Sutter, who was like, at the time, like the GM. And she was like, do you want to take a shot at buying for us? And I was like, hell yeah. So I literally walked out of Levi's and went to Magic. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And started my career. So I moved back from Portland to Atlanta. And I was just like, yo, let's just do this. You know, it felt right. Around that time in Atlanta, did you see it bubbling as kind of like a cultural center? Like, you know, we see that the people who are really moving things now Mm -hmm. and really stepping out in terms of different fashion forward sensibility. When you were at Wish, who were you seeing from afar? Like, this could be the next guy. 
you know, you got Scooter, you got mm-hmm. Future, you have Trinidad James, you yeah. know, Nick. I mean, yeah. he was killing it. You know, you got 2-9. You have all, all these, like, different people that you see. And not even that, like, imagine, like, Coach K. Yeah. Like, how much I've learned from Coach K. Yeah. I mean, Coach K was coming through and getting – I mean, a little bit of everybody was coming through Wish, and we had a, a brand mix that was, like, none other in the city, you know. And so I appreciate those times, and I appreciate the other – footwear boutiques that were there that I have to pay homage to like a Walters. I mean, I forever pay homage to them and what they do. So I was just getting inspiration from the city and getting support from the city. And it's a, it's a great culture there in Atlanta for sure. And just to clarify, coach K from head of QC, not the other uh, coach K (laughs) who's from Duke, but yeah, QC coach K who really moves the culture there. Frank, I think one of the first moments that at least like me personally, like kind of noticed your work was you did that collaboration with Adidas on the the SL loop, the the $2 bill, which that shoe like sold out right away. It was like a real eye catching Mm -hmm. shoe, even though the SL loop was like there and gone. You guys had like, you know, you put your stamp on it. You feel like that was kind of like your coming out party to like, who is this guy? Uh no, I mean, like, I worked on things before. It was a lot of apparel-based things. And, and back then, footwear collaborations were hard to come by. So, like, you know, we did a Reebok pump. We did that American Fun Pack with the red Solo Cup kind of thing, yeah. beer pong kind of uh, vibe. But then, you know, Jimmy Manley came to me with that shoe. Shout out to Jimmy, man. You know, he's the man. Sorry, who is he? Oh, Jimmy Manley. He's at uh, Nike right now. He was working at Adidas at the time. But he came to me with the SL Loop, and it was – you know, it wasn't out yet. And so it was just like, we want to do something for 4th of July. And so I was just like, man, I mean, I didn't want to do the classic, you know, stars and stripes, red, white, and blue. What could we do different? So I knew, you know, Independence Day, I'm from Philly. So I always knew about like, you know, that whole vibe. And so I was like, man, so I started looking into it. And it was crazy because the $2 bill is only printed in Atlanta at the Mint. Mm. So that's the only place it's printed. So looking at the back of the $2 bill and, and having that whole vibe. And I just thought it was like a cool thing. So it all came together and, uh, you know, shout out to Josh Herr who worked on um, all the materials and got Big it right. Josh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, He got it all right, man. And he still kills it. Like that's one of my, you know, favorite creatives out Good there. Dude. So shout out. Yeah, for sure. I have a funny story about the SL loop. Uh, last week I went to Mayor's closet in Jersey. He has the mm-hmm. SL loops that you designed and he has probably wow. $50 $2 bills just in the from who? <laughs> what's the dude's name who you guys had yeah. for the party for that i think i think yeah, juice yeah. set it up two dollar steve two dollar steve yeah two dollars yeah but he didn't get it from him i don't think he was like nah no nah, i just ordered him from the bank and like of course <laughs> of course mayor man shout out to mayor man mayor clark like all the ogs man like again like i'm so thankful to be able you know when when somebody like that appreciate your work you know it, it really hits home it's still it's still really magical to me you know what i'm saying like a lot of times, you know, I, I think we see a lot of projects come out, but it's still like, it still hits me to like know that, you know, my friends appreciate the projects that we all put out. Definitely. And I appreciate my friends for what they do too. Frank, do you feel like to some extent you've been doing this your whole life? Like I know we mentioned earlier, you were working in foot action at 14. To what extent did yes. you grow up in sneakers? I always thought it was a, a way to express myself and for people to express themselves. You know, if you see somebody in shoes, it's a universal language where you're just like, man, like, that person knows what's up, whether it's, you know, through sports, whether it's through music, whether it's through culture. For me, I just always like love to be different, you know, and I think shoes provide that. And so, uh, you know, working at Foot Action at 14 was a was a blessing, man. But it's funny to see how like now people look at mall 
stores like they're not like boutiques but back then that was definitely the boutique mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so it was a it was like, yo, it's dope to work yeah. here. Like, it's like a badge of honor for us. Like, three of the people on this podcast came from retail. It's weird because you get the sensibilities from a boutique. I remember, like, when I got transferred to Kings Plaza, it was a smaller finish line, and I was like, you know, mm-hmm. this is kind of like a boutique, even though it's not. But like, sometimes you feel like you take the things you learn there and apply them to obviously the more like top tier sneaker stores. Yeah, for sure. And then you were getting like a free and one mixtapes mm-hmm. and shit like that. Like. That was dope to me. I was just like, man, or like, they're like, I remember in my uh, room, I had this big ass, like, Allen Iverson poster that was like POP for them. And they were like, oh, we're about to throw this shit out. And I was like, what? That's AI. So I had like this massive AI poster and it was straight from like, you know, the front display. And I was like, man, this is dope. So yeah, that was the first introduction to like really truly just being in the sneaker industry. In Frank, and from there, so after Wish, you ended up going to Jordan Brand. Mm-hmm. After that, you were working yep. on all like NRG projects. Mm-hmm. So, how did that like happen for you? Man, so you know, actually, I went in as an ETW, which is like part time, you know, contracted. Shout out to all the people grinding the ETW life at yeah. Nike. Those people work hard. You, you've been there for a couple years. Yeah. You don't have a black badge yet. They won't even yeah. let you into the employee store without permission. Listen, yes. all the ETW yes. people, get your benefits, work toward that badge. But if they're not giving it to you, you know, you might have to bounce. If they're not, not wow. okay, relax. You know? A lot wow. of them go on to a lot of wow. great things. I know, but I'm just saying, don't get stuck no, in that ETW. And this is no disrespect to anybody. No, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a grind for sure. But it's, you know, it's, it's how you navigate, mm-hmm. right? And so doing that for two years and having some, uh, you know, some of the biggest projects that I've ever worked on being in that time, I'm still thankful just because, again, the culture was able to embrace the way I thought through projects. You know, so for me, ETW was a, a great grind, you know even though you weren't getting a bonus, but it was dope. You know <laughs> Sorry. I, mean? it was Sorry. Dope. I don't want to get too jargon here, but can you briefly explain what the ETW thing is just since I made a big deal about it? Uh, it's not. Well, basically you're working for Nike as a contractor and it's just a pretty much a part-time gig with full-time Our responsibilities. You know, responsibilities. Exactly. Right. And so, um, you know, after a, a fair amount of time, either they want to keep you or they don't. But I mean, for me, it worked out. As an ETW, I was just like, man, they were like, well, these CADs are blank. And I was like, I can have a blank CAD, so I can have a blank one or a blank three, and I can get samples back and looksies. So I'm about to start cranking out every day. Yeah. And so that's what I did. So, you know, there's still things that I see coming out that even though I left, still come out. And so it's, it's kind of dope to see, but, you know, I think it's a good process for Nike, and hopefully we can see a little change is there stuff from your time there that you have never shown people crazy samples you have in the collection that may never see the light of day? No, nah, not my personal collection. I mean, I mean, I mean they're, Frank, they're around. Last time we were at Complex Con in Chicago, <laughs> you were walking around in a pair of, what was it, Powder Blue 9? Carolina 12. Yeah. And you were walking around in them and mm-hmm. you were like, oh, shit, I need to take these off my feet real quick because you knew everyone was, like, running around yeah. to take pictures of the shoes. Just just keeping a respect level. It was a Pantone, you know, <laughs> but it was a Pantone 12, so I was just trying to keep it respectful. Is there one shoe that um, people may not know that you designed that you're extremely proud of? Honestly, guys, one that uh, really hits me home is, like, I love making all the Make-A-Wish, mm-hmm. like, working on Make-A-Wish or um, for Wings. Like, all of those ones where kids are able to put their thoughts on shoes and live forever. Like, you know, the Wings Fives are the artwork from the kids from Little Black Pearl 
who usually put them on t-shirts, but they actually got a chance to put them on fives. And so those are the kind of projects that I like to see manifest and kind of come out. Because kids can have them forever. You know, Malad, um, shout out to Malad. You know, he was a, a cancer patient who had persevered and he has his Jordan 1s with the sword on them. And it, that whole story came together and it just gives me chills to know that with Make-A-Wish, we can actually have those kind of dreams come to fruition. You mentioned Little Black Pearl, a Chicago collective. Mm-hmm. We got to ask some Chicago questions since we're talking Jordan mm-hmm. Brand. Another Chicago adjacent person, Virgil, mm-hmm. obviously has an incredible body of work with Jordan Brand at this point. Absolutely. Did you see everything with the off-white Jordan 1 happen firsthand? I mean, you were there when those conversations first started. Yes. Yes, yes, for sure. Uh, Jordan 1, watching it from beginning to end. Shout out to Paul Salavici. Definitely crafted that by hand. Super dope. And I love the impact that it had on the culture. I think that we haven't seen something like that in a very long time and the impact that it had. I know that weekend I was in New York when it dropped and it was just magical just because not mm-hmm. only because of the shoe, but, you know, if you went to the activation, it was a lot of education there. It was a moment. It yeah, was it was a moment. And like, it was a whole weekend where everybody was hyped. Yeah. Things were going crazy and like, it was just a good time in footwear. And I think everybody was engaged. And, you know, even though people were hungry to get to the product, they had to sit through a bunch of like different activations to actually purchase the shoe. And, and so I, I felt like it was an educational moment and I felt like it was a breakthrough. And so shout out to Virgil for that. And I know that, you know, there's more projects coming. I've seen the fours and the women's fours. So breaking through some of that stuff, I think he's done a wonderful job in that. Do you feel like the in-house designers at Nike or at Jordan Brand sometimes don't get enough credit for this stuff? Because like you mentioned Paul Savavici, and we all know that Paul helped design those sneakers with Virgil. And this is not to take anything away from mm-hmm. Virgil, but people like you or people like Paul who are behind the scenes, they either have to go through that system without their work necessarily having their name on it, or they have right. to fight in a public way to show people without breaking the rules from Nike or Jordan that they worked on this. So, right. so do you ever feel like it's a little tough to really show people what you did while working in that system? Um, I think the timing of everything, it'll all work itself out. You know, I, I'm a person who, if you worked on it and you know you've done your thing, put it on your resume. Not all the time, like, does the light have to be shine on you? But I feel mm-hmm. like, the, you know, it's their, it's their project. So you're there to assist them. And again, like, imagine if I were to go to Travis and be like, hey, you know, I want to do a track. you know i'm not gonna have words i'm not gonna have the beat i'm not gonna have all that but he'll have it for me and so that's the same thing i feel like we're in the studio you know those the speakers are blaring and um yeah hey man we're working together and so you know paul getting his credit as he should you know Mm because he sat there and crafted it i've seen him sitting there hours upon hours to get all the projects right whether it's that the travis one all the things that we worked on levi's fours whatever so you know like and that was a special magic with the energy team because it was organic. It was just like the, you know, 96 through 98 Bulls. Who are you on that team? Pippin. Pippin, okay. okay. Paul, you would say, is MJ? Uh, Gmo's MJ. Gmo's yeah. MJ. No IG Gmo? Is, what is it? No Gram G. No, no Gram. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. PG. We, yeah, we got to talk about Gmo too because yeah. I feel like he's another Jordan Brand person who, Absolutely. and especially because he's infamously not on social media, yeah. great guy who's done a lot yes. of work in the industry. But you know, yeah. maybe comes from a generation just before the current crop of designers to where they weren't necessarily looking for that credit on social media. Can you talk about Gmo? Yeah, I think you know. First off, Gmo is like my bro from. I mean, we've been friends way before I worked at Jordan. So you know, just seeing his career from NSW to where he's at previously at Jordan. He has a strong apparel background, a Nietzsche, like that's how he knows like PSNY and like, you know, Max and Dow, like he's been in the industry so long. So I get so many gems and be able to work with like one of my closest friends was just amazing, you know, and in Nike, it's a culture of like, it's a corporate matrix, right? So it's like, you got this group of misfits that are just making a new tier of energy, like true energy, you know? And so him taking a risk on us. Um, with David Creech and Euron White and like mm-hmm. our developers, JJ Atienza and, and we got Brian Mitchell. So we had all these different dudes that you've probably seen on promo boxes. Yeah. <laughs> Brian <laughs> Mitchell. That's so funny. It's so funny. Brian, you're always trying to be like, who is that? Who is that? Brian Mitchell yeah. is the man. He's the man, dude. He he gets it, you know, and it's good to have a developer, you know, Israel Mateo who I mean yes. Izzy is from Elizabeth Street originally. Yeah, who bespoke. Really right made that shit yes. you know like is he like is a staple in this shit and you cannot deny that you know so him working on that stuff and, and jp like we have a whole gang of dudes that were there that was just in tune and i think it was just a perfect storm and, and we made it happen frank you use the analogy of if i wanted to hop on a travis song mm-hmm. like you know he could build it was there one shoe that you knew as soon as like it was in your hands or at that office that was going to be this is the hit this is the single which one was that for you there's a couple because all of them actually went through but mm-hmm. you know i knew trav was a hit even though the brand didn't understand who travis was at the time mm-hmm. um wait jordan that, brand didn't know who travis scott was they knew who he was <laughs> they, the, the, the they didn't impact. understand they didn't yeah. the, the, the impact yeah imagine what trav is now you right. know what i mean mm-hmm. okay so you then you look at uh a lady may mm-hmm which Alele, organically who she is, it just took off. She's fashionable. She wears her shit like no other, you know, so she had a good, but Nigel, let's talk about Nigel Sylvester. Yes. <laughs> Been on the brand for 12 years, 
had one kind of shoe, but never really had a full mm-hmm. out, you know, collaboration. And so that shoe, I just knew the passion that he had. It would look like, so we took a pair of shadows that he had and basically mocked the ones that he wrote in, but in a colorway that we knew that people would be like, oh, it's a distressed Jordan. There was never a distressed Jordan. So like for him to have perfectly what would be him on a bike and be fresh when he jumps off, I think that was the one. The Jordan one was like his game shoe. Always. All the time. Always. All the time. Like, yeah. and anytime, like, you know, I always think Tony Hawk, how Tony Hawk skated in the Jordan one. Anytime it's kind of like that extreme sports and it's like Nigel does not waver from the Jordan ones. It was funny because people try to, they try to compare with the, the Lance Mountain and I get it. Mm. Like you can kind of say like, oh, Lance had that, but it wasn't, you know, I, I felt like that was more his story, but for a BM and then we built the bike. We tried to actually put that bike out. Some things kind of mm. went went sour with that but i mean imagine if that bike would have came out with that shoe and like how we really wanted to have it i know we talk a lot about ones and maybe i talk about this with all these guys a lot but do you think that like people in general kind of need to chill on the one a little bit uh i don't i think yeah i think it's a staple now like force one i mean for me i always thought and me and jj atienza always have this conversation now what if breads were white on white force ones what if breads mm-hmm. were i mean is like, that's the thing I've always battled with. Is this because to me, I've always looked at Jordan Brand. You see Dior, you see all these things happening. I always looked at Jordan Brand as street lux. It was always street luxury to me. That's mm-hmm. your first trophy out the hood. That's your first trophy before you get a watch, before you get a car, whatever. You know, that's the first trophy. That's the first thing that we've known was like, and then, you know, the greatness of Jordan at the same time, a black man owning his own company. I mm-hmm. feel like that's the first trophy. So for me, you can't deny that from Jordan. You just can't. You mentioned the Dior one. Um, mm-hmm. I had written a story about that shoe. And after I wrote it, you gave me a phone call literally like, mm-hmm. I think it was like two minutes after it got published with your thoughts on the sneaker, mm-hmm. th- thinking that it was a little bit like missing the mark of you were saying like the street lux, where it was making right. the street lux like actual lux, where you're missing the actual consumer who is buying right. these shoes. And you might be waving it in kids' faces that are never going to be able to obtain the sneaker, where it felt a little cruel to a certain extent, if that's fair to say it. Or... Well, Full dry snitch, by the way. No, 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 definitely not. You know, I, I'm, I'm very vocal on like how I think through product. And, and yeah. like, just to be honest about it, it's like if you ever shopped at Dior, or like had Never. a Dior, well, you know, I mean, it's just the process of it all. You know, you get an email, you get a text. It's like, yeah. hey, we got these in. We have this, you know. So my thing was thinking through the process of that. Is that a part of what sneaker culture is or what that part of Jordan sneaker culture is? You know, it's like, are kids going to be able to, first off, they're not going to line up. Secondly, are you are you spending enough in Dior to get that phone call? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's luxury, but it's just something new, right? It's something new for sneaker culture, and we have to work through the kinks. It's just like a supreme Louis Vuitton, right. you know? It's just something we have to work through. We have to work through, but I think, mm. you know, it, it's tough because we've never dealt with something like this. It's something new, but it'll be dope to see how it all pans out. It also seems like it's difficult for the parties involved. Like, I don't think that no matter how much preparation they had, that Dior knows how to handle an Air Jordan release. They put up a website and it didn't crash, but it wasn't entirely transparent what was happening, who was going to be able to get the shoes, whether or not you had any remote. Ch- I mean, you don't have any remote chance. We know that for sure. But Or maybe you do. Or maybe there will be somebody who's in the office who says, hey, 
you know, this kid is this, you know, somebody's going to come up, I would think, right? You think someone's going to pull my name out of that hat, Frank? Not you. Hey. Just kidding. <laughs> Maybe. It's going to be interesting to see who gets them when it, like, they hit, you know who is going to get them? Mayor. Regardless, though. That's regardless. <laughs> Resale, regular, he's the man. That, yeah. You know, that he, he deserves to have those. Yeah. And again, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, the ASAP crew, like, mm -hmm. they should have them on right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, you know, like they've been rocking Dior and like really, really been on that shit early. So, I mean, it's just something new. And like I said, for the street culture, for street lux and what Jordan provides, whether it's, you know, general release product to energy product, I think that, you know, this is going to be a different take. That's something that I think as a whole, whether it's Jordan brand or Dior, they're going to have to kind of, it's going to be new space. I think the opposite of that, where one of the projects where you got a lot of uh, recognition for early on with Jordan Brand is when you did the satin ones, like really mm -hmm. like limited shoe. But mm -hmm. your your purpose on that on the release was you had them at Walters in Atlanta, and I believe it was Active Athlete in yes. Houston. So you wanted mm -hmm. to give the shoe a super limited shoe, but you only wanted to give it to the community. And so I say this all the time. So like coming off the bread release, the bread release was in New York. Mm -hmm. um, 1018, which was the date that Jordan signed, you know, his contract. And so I wanted to make that kind of like, we were thinking through how do we make a Jordan kind of Air Max day, right? And mm -hmm. so the cool thing about the bread release was in being in New York. You, you mean the satin, you mean the satin, satin bread release? Yeah, gotcha, satin gotcha. bread release. Yeah, it's being in New York, being in the middle of Soho at 1018, and there's no one in line. This came out of nowhere. <laughs> this project was A1. A1. It was a Tuesday and... I felt like we duped New York. That is the hardest thing you could possibly do with the word mm -hmm. not getting out. Ten eighteen, and then ten eighteen a.m. to twelve thirty. When twelve thirty comes around, it's four lines wrapped. Around. I've seen emails of people saying they're off work. You can go do whatever you know. Um, and then kids are selling them for twenty five hundred on a block. Like that was the craziest shit I've ever seen. I think it's one of the best releases in sneakers. I mean, Jeff, I'll give him that. It's the pigeon. But like right. for everybody to be able to eat and not know that this and apparel was going to happen in this pop-up, it, it was just amazing. But so piggybacking off of that into the Royal, the same day that the Royals dropped, I wanted to put it into communities that were underappreciated. They were not appreciated at all. Like they were underserved. And I feel like that happens a lot of times. A lot of the tier zero product or the neighborhood product, it doesn't go where, you know, the black dollar is. I'm just going to be honest about it. You know, it's like, you don't think these communities don't want to wear Sakai's? Mm -hmm, right. <laughs> or they want to wear, like, just specialty product, whether they're specialty Yeezys. Why isn't it in these community doors? The Walters look was really, really impactful. The Royal Satin, I mean, just like, yeah. I'm sure for you to come up in Atlanta through footwear and to do it there must have been really mm -hmm. special. No, it was just paying homage to where I knew where you can go get a pair of Yeezy 1s, Yeezy 2s, titanium Jordan 23s, like, Specialty Classic. product where it doesn't have to be this glitz and glimmer. It's home. You know, when you walk in there, whether jeans are stacked high or there's hats, and it may not look aesthetically like Nike may or Adidas might want it to look, but it's home. And so that's why I had to pay homage to to Walters. Were you trying to have those conversations a lot at Jordan Brand in terms of getting the tier zero type product into black communities? Absolutely. If you look at homage to home, all of those numbered ones went to black communities. Really, I just wanted that to actually be 2,300 pairs, but it kind of, you know, it went out. So that's why the numbered ones only went to the kind of those it. community doors. 
Frank, did you ever have any of those conversations with Michael Jordan himself about that? Or no, not no. We really didn't have that kind of conversation. You know, I know he cares about the community. Um, you know, as James said on on his podcast, mm-hmm. I know he cares about the community. I know it's a uh, it's something that he's always paid attention to. Again, the Wings program, a lot of times, it's not put out there how much they really do. You know, kids go to college for free. It's a lot of students that go to college for free off of Jordan brand, and it's not really put out there like that. And so I, I commend the efforts there and Nike, and, you know, a lot of things go under the radar that people, it just doesn't always make the media. Working at Jordan brand, I, I do wonder, how often do you see Michael Jordan? Does Michael Jordan cut you in line at the vending machine? Or, <laughs> you know, nah. is he at the water cooler? Or is he still a <laughs> mythical figure, even in that building? No, nah, he's uh, it's magic, man. You know, um, presented to him a few times in my career. How scary is that, presenting to Michael Jordan? You know, for me, it kind of growing up, I mean, it's just, you know, somebody you've seen as being great, man. And it forces you to kind of step up to, you know, my first day at Jordan, it was like I wanted to take my, you know, elevate who I was in footwear to be that top-notch tier or that top-notch product. And I feel like it should always be handled that way, whether you're doing a general release shoe to, again, to energy or to collaborations. I felt like he always has an aura to make you step up to who you can potentially be. And that's always the hope that we've always seen in black community. Frank, too, you do have like the family connection to Jordan Brand, who was the president at the time. How like, yeah. in, not like influential, but like, what was it like, you know, kind of working with him at the company? It's just different, man. He's more of the, on the business side. I'm more of the creative side. And so it was kind of cool to see how people reacted to like me coming there. You know, even though that's my mother's brother, man, I had, I had skin in the game way before, you know, and I have skin in the game after. So it was just like, people are like, man, this, you know, nepotism thing kind of comes up, but you're just uh, proving myself. You had a resume. You, you'd been working in the industry since you were 14. But did you feel the need to like go extra hard to kind of prove yourself if you knew that there was people that may have like not doubted you, but kind of had those like questions or? No, I just really wanted to always just do my best, you know, and, and I think that's everything that you do. You give it 110%, whether it's there, whether it's working on a, a Reebok question or it's working on Jordan 1. I think you have to put 110% in everything you do in it. And it kind of shows in every project that I kind of worked on. Again, I'm here for the sneaker culture, man. I love everything from tree torns to, to Jordan. Or, or you love for tree torns? I love tree torns. What's the deal on tree torns? He did one for a little bit. Yeah. Owned by Puma. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, didn't know that. Good one. But I've always liked the, the classic look of the white on white, kind of like no-show sock, tennis. I've always had a, a real love with tennis culture. My dad played when I was growing up. And so mm. tree torn was in there. And, and, and like, you know, all the different things that like Wilson Smith has made, you know, with Nike, like of course. All that tech challenge. Like for me, I've always thought that him and Tinker were neck and neck. Really? Yeah. You gotta think about some real bangers that he's he's done, man. BW, like tech challenges. Wilson Smith, Nike designer, early mm-hmm. on, did the air uh more up tempo. Yes. I think one of his first projects we were doing something for something that we're working on as i found out he designed the socks that went with the sock racer which was 1986 so it was like he Mm -hmm. was that early on at Mm -hmm. nike like was he with like the first like major like black designer at the company is that absolutely absolutely he worked with tinker and you know even like working on the 16s and the 17s like that's one of my favorites like Mm-hmm. You know, so he has hits. Like, it's like, I know now he's working in archives and, and, and working, you know, that stuff. But, like, sitting down and, like, really 
having him like talk about the air pounce and like how he thought like it was a melted tennis racket over top of a shoe. Like what the hell are you saying? Like it's you know, like this is insane. And I was seeing these shoes growing up and so I know how much they meant to the culture. And so for me, I think those are like we know Tinker's the goat, man, just hands right. down. And the cool thing about that is is that I'm I'm excited to see who's the next Tinker. Any names you want to throw out there? Right now, like I I love Jalal, man. Jalal's like, he's killing it. He did the uh, Westbrook. Okay. The Zero. And um, he's working at Adidas now. He's working on the new Harden. But uh, Jalal, shout out to Jalal Hanam, man. He's just killing it. There's Nate Van Hook. He does his thing. Of course. You know, but Nate do you think Van there Hook. will ever be another, not another Tinker Hatfield, but I think mm-hmm. we're, we're so far down the line in sneaker culture where, you know, when someone like Tinker was, you know, cutting his teeth, where you had Air mm-hmm. Force Ones and stuff, but you didn't have a retro culture in footwear you know where you were kind of looking forward to Mm -hmm. the next a new thing coming out where maybe do you feel like you know even though there may be new great designers that they'll never recapture that same feeling of like 1991 walking into a sneaker store and seeing the new air max we don't want to recapture that feeling we want a new feeling no but i mean that but not recapture the feeling of seeing that shoe but seeing like the the feeling of getting excited about new sneakers again like you only want the new i think that's going to come back around because i think you know, in these times, and I, I say this a lot on my Instagram and everything, we're going to have to create that feeling again because people are getting tired of the same old thing. And like, even in these times with living with, you know, the whole virus and racial, you know, equality and everything, we're going to have to adapt and evolve. We're going to have to be solution based. Like some people may not have the means to have a $2,000 shoe in their closet, you know, so what are we going to do to adapt to that? You know, like, hey, we're not going to be out here butt naked or barefoot but as long as apparel or footwear is in the conversation i want to be in the conversation and i think that those new times will come i love to hear that from you because you're a guy who did adapt i mean i think most people learned your name as the guy who was designing all the cool product at jordan brand for a couple years the guy who was designing all the limited jordan ones the energy product you left in 2018 and then you've kind of had this new act where you're still designing some Jordans here and there, but for collaborators or you have a yeah. Reebok question coming out this weekend. And I'd love to hear that from you, that you just want to be involved in sneakers no matter what. How different is it for you to be on the other side now? You're on the collaborator side instead of the brand side. Uh, for me, I've always, I, I never like kind of left that true buyer instinct or that true. So like, you know, going to Paris Fashion Weeks and going to buy and being in all these different dates and gates with Nike, Jordan, Adidas, Reebok, you know, always Dates and gates? What is that? So just being like in the meetings where it's like, you know, they show with buying like products six months before. Gotcha. Right. So that's like, just, I didn't know that one. Okay. Yeah, dates and, dates and gates. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to leak stuff and I call up and pretend like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a buyer at a, at a regional specialty. <laughs> there you go. There you know, go. I met you at the dates and gates. Oh, yeah. So just going through all of that. And, you know, for me, I think evolving and just knowing shoes just all together and like what they mean to us is the biggest unlock. We'll get to the question, but you left in 2018, Jordan brand, and then 2019, the ultra boost tie dye, the nice kicks ultra boost. And you said that, you know, you are big tennis style, but tie dye, very, very loud design actually cracked the top 10 at the Herald complex con top 10 of the year discussion, but a tie dye shoe, got a little hate. I got a little hate. I was there. Listen, I'm up there. We had an argument about it. I kind of vouched for the shoe to get on the list. And then the whole argument was is that the the Travis 6 didn't make 
the yeah, list. but people on that panel co-sign that. I think Sean Weatherspoon <laughs> co-signed that. Clark, yeah. you know tie dye. Obviously, you're super secure in your design, but tie dye is a leap on a sneaker. Were you ever worried, or did anyone push back, or what was like behind the design in that? I think for me, you know, you got to give Matt Halfhill and Ronnie and all that. Like, you know, you got to give them their props on. I know sneakers, right? So it was just like I wanted to pay them their homage of knowing that let's continue what they started, right? So nice kicks with Matt Halfhill. He had that one already that tied. So yep. it was just like, hey, the NMD, NMD, yeah, yeah. So let's just. And, and and working through with that team, shouts out to the the nice sticks teams, Joe, you know, all those dudes. Like, it's like, how do you take something and keep it classic? You know, in my career, I don't think I've reinvented the wheel. I just think that I've done the right things that make sense, right? So I want to continue what Matt had going and just make it form fitting for this time. And so tie dye was the right thing at the right time for me. And then tying it into Woodstock and having that anniversary and imagine you know if jay-z and all that would have went through and oh, would st- yeah. it would have been a movie movie and it's still a movie to me you know mm-hmm. but it's just like working with the team you know like i said joe brian and all those dudes it just felt right and so that's kind of what i go off the vibes and then one of the moments you had after that you did that sp gina uh yeah. shoe where you know it was the, the air jordan one with shoe palace and it was after this woman gina who was a school teacher who would come in Mm -hmm. and just you know older woman but would still buy all the crazy shoes and just wear them as a teacher and to connect with our students yeah and and i think the cool part about it was is i mean we already spoke about it on the website but you you made kids take a test to buy the shoes scantron (laughs) wow scantrons so they had a scantron we had actually had a scantron machine sneaker questions to actually you know it was just something different and I think celebrating, that's a true influencer, you know, mm-hmm. celebrating a teacher. These are the true heroes that we see in our community. And so to have that kind of different narrative, which sneakers never really see, it's not the, you know, the fashion person or the rapper or mm-hmm. the, you know, the entertainer or the athlete, it's something different. Again, those are the things that you have to appreciate. Like, if you talk about a Jay Balvin, you know, doing Jay Balvin shoe was such a breakthrough because I, I didn't want to just celebrate Jay Balvin as a Latino artist. He's more than that. You don't look at Pharrell and be like, oh, man, he's just fresh because he's a he's a rapper. No, Pharrell is just fucking fresh. Jay Frank's Balvin's been so busy, fresh. man. It's easy to forget about all the shoes Frank worked on in the past two years. You got years. a lot, bro. Yeah. So I'm just letting it, like, I can't wait to see that because, you know, the Latino community definitely supports Jordan heavy whether it's retro or non-retro product we know that but to see a latin artist and what that impact is going to do for that community i'm super stoked to see it what's up with that balvin jordan one what's the status on that i hear it's uh retailing soon so shout out to jay balvin man and all he's doing beautiful i want to talk about your reebok work too yeah we spoke about there's a couple projects there's the shoe palace the frog one yeah but then also the kobe colored reebok questions can we talk about that? Yeah, for sure. I'm always going, you know, I'm going to talk to So this is a pair based on a PE he had Absolutely. back in the day that, mm-hmm. and you and I talked about this a few months ago, that Reebok was planning to release for All-Star Weekend in Chicago this mm-hmm. year. And the plan was well underway before Kobe tragically yes. passed. Absolutely. And then the shoe was pulled, basically, because mm-hmm. it just the moment didn't feel right. Is that correct? Yeah, um, that was on Reebok. I mean, it's a decision that, You know, it's a corporate decision that I think they had to make. And, you know, I'm not upset at it at all. But I think 
giving somebody flowers before they pass is is what we were kind of aiming for, you know. And imagine if Kobe was sitting courtside at that time, you know, would it have been, you know, as much? I just knew the feeling felt right. I felt like celebrating Mamba and celebrating who he was and celebrating this moment was just the perfect time. And I don't know why I felt that and, and why the team felt that, but we pushed it. We pushed it and pushed it, but, you know, that tragically happened. And out of respect of his family and respect of, you know, the Reebok family, I, you know, I think it was possibly the right decision. To cancel the show. Yeah. I mean, or, you know, or postpone or I don't, I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I feel like, you know, at that time, so crazy because after that, then COVID hits, it's just like, just respect the family, you know, yeah. respect the time. It's a moment bigger than shoes. So, you know, I rode with it. But definitely I wanted to put it out there that we wanted to give him his flowers. Like I, I was hoping that he'd see it. And, and there's pictures of Iverson holding it, yeah. you know, at, at ComplexCon. So, you From know, September how, 2019 yeah, or something. So like we were just like, we were super stoked on it. It was always in the mix. You know, you said that working retail foot action, you would mm -hmm. take the Allen Iverson POP mm -hmm. cardboard and, and keep it in your room. Mm -hmm. Now it gets to this week. And what's that like for this new shoe that you have that you just designed that's set to release? You know, we got on a Zoom call and it's, uh, it's out on YouTube, but just to have that conversation. To be able to talk to Allen Iverson having such a uh, candid and organic conversation about, you know, one of his loves of fishing, which mm -hmm. is off court. I've known about and I've, you know, kind of researched and originally we were going to do a what the, so I was going to celebrate some of the homies projects, but I don't think that the materials and everything could kind of come alive how we wanted to. And so mm. this was a, this was like kind of plan B, but it was the right thing. Again, I mean, just being able to tell the stories from Bubba Chuck to make a the whole tackle box. Yeah. The wow. tackle box, man. Yeah. So, and this is another nice kicks collaboration and, and just being able to tell that story it's just a good way to escape, man, and just to hear, like, his take on it and how he started and how he just loves to eat fish, you know what I mean? So it was yes. just, like, it was dope to hear, man. And you did not hesitate at all to reach out for my address and say you wanted to send me a pair. Wow. So he was last to get the Kith Air Force Ones, but it looks like we're last to get the hey, uh, He's the a box questions. boy. He's a box boy, <laughs> yeah, That's man. true. That's true. He's, he's grinding, that's true. And I, I, You know, I think that, uh, shout out to Leo, man. Get my man on. What's <laughs> up, Leo? <laughs> Frank, push, that, push that through to him, Fat Joe hasn't been able to push it through. Mayor no, hasn't we don't need to. We don't need to bring this whole thing. Okay. This isn't about. Uh, right. This okay. is about okay. Frank. Okay. <laughs> Frank, one of the last things I want to ask you: You do all these, uh, you know, projects. You know, some some people know you've done some of these shoes, some you haven't. You know, sometimes we've had conversations behind the scenes where you're just you get so excited about these things that you want to like share with people. Like, what's the feeling you get when you like design these shoes? You just want to like tell the world, like, because I know you're you're so much in the sneakers that yourself that like you just kind of want to get those ideas out there i think for me coming from where i come from the philadelphia area small wonder of delaware like i want kids to know that no matter you know how you look or what you're into or what your creative like vibe is that it's possible and so i always want to be vocal about it because i come from a community where creative kind of positions aren't celebrated they're not uh in the community i don't know a handful of people who would say I want to grow up and be a creative director from where I'm from. And so I just want to just put these projects out here because it's like, it's the shiny object, right? But there's something behind it. And behind it is that we can all just be who we want to be. You're capable of being in this position, of being in these boardrooms, no matter what your walk of life is, whether you come from a black community or, you know, Asian community or, you know, these different places, this is the walk of life.
Yeah, that's kind of my deal behind it. I've always loved where we were, you know, when this was a hobby and my mom used to be like, yo, what the hell are you doing buying all these shoes to now asking for a size? So <laughs> that's the dope part to see. And, you know, I think we all have seen that, you know, in our lives. And um, I'm just excited to see where the youth have to take the next step and the next level. And I will always support that. I will always support Hyperlocal, whether it's like Joe Fresh Goods, Corey, you know, you see all these people who've come out of Chicago. Think about that, man. Virgil's come out of leaders, you know, Vic Lloyd. You know, mm -hmm. you look at, you know, what, I mean, to Ronnie, to, to James, like I said, to Joe, to, you know, all these Dion Boston, like I have respect, Jay, you know, all these dudes, like, and women, like, you know, I, I've seen in this industry and I'm glad to see where we're going. I love those conversations too. It's really one of my favorite things in the industry when you find yourself in the middle of Joe from Oneness, yes, Frank Cook, yes, Dion, this some Eric. other store owner, and they're telling the craziest retail stories. It's usually a complex con. I, I, Frank, I really do cherish those moments. That was the craziest Wale, circle. Wale. Wale was there. PJ Tucker was there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> these guys have seen some shit, man. These guys yeah. have seen some shit. We have a lot of fun. Who's in the crew officially? It's widespread. I couldn't. Okay. Okay. You know, we were going. You don't want to leave anyone out. <laughs> you throwing my man Nunez shout out in to New Nunez. York. You know, yeah. like, big shout out to Danny Nunez. I mean, I yes. imagine like you know, even when he was working in comms at Jordan with me, imagine all the risk we, t you know, think about, you know, the V-Loan yeah. parties and the, yes. the vibes, you know, the, the organic, you know, telling a story. You know, one of my favorite stories that we told was he told one in Fice. It's in Salt Lake City, Utah. And it was so crazy to, because we did the uh, flu games. Yes, of course. Now, the I remember, games, yeah. now, the, yes. now they're the pizza games, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the flu games. But, you know, at Fice, you know, Danny told this story it was my first time ever as a Jordan fan hearing people call it a push and being mad. Mm. They're like, this was cool and all, but like he kind of pushed off. Like, so it was like, it was cool to see that aspect of it and how they treated the story, you know? So, I mean, it's stories like that and it's, the list goes on, man. But, you know, besides Jordan, I'm happy for all the projects again that I've worked on there, but you know, those home runs are not going to win tomorrow's, you know, games. And so I'm excited for the future, whatever that holds, whether it be, back there or not <laughs> and frank thank you so much for taking the time we went through a lot of your history you got some serious sneaker dna man and, and a lot of hits under your belt again congratulations on this release that releases this weekend the nice kicks reebok question collab on my birthday maybe or maybe not a coincidence <sighs> Not only are we excited about this release, but we're excited about what's coming down the pike as you know, you are someone who definitely stays busy. And I wanna tell you guys, thank you so much for this platform. Thank you so much for what you guys do. You know, you guys don't usually hear that a lot, but I wanna thank you guys because again, this is not just a platform for talk about shoes or whatever you, but it's educating other people and I appreciate you guys so much. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ring. Thanks for listening, everyone. Happy 4th of July and happy birthday to our co-host, Brendan Dunn. Have a good weekend, everyone. We'll see you next week. Our producer is Shiva Bayet. Sound engineering done by Kyle Garvey. Special thanks to Dave Matthews and Jennifer Stewart. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is part of the Complex Podcast Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.